So, we have an advice episode for you today of A Place to Thrive. We have had a listener question asking about how to run a survey for free in an organisation, an employee Mm. engagement survey. And that got us talking about, I'm waving my arms here now, that got us talking about (laughs) loads of stuff when it comes to surveys. Oh, oh, we could talk for hours on this mighty topic. We could. Couldn't we, Joe? So what we thought we would do is talk a little bit about employee engagement surveys, the kind of Mm -hmm. benefits and the watch out. And then I'm going to grill Joanna Hall here (laughs) on on how to run a good employee engagement survey because she knows how to do that and I do not. So (laughs) thank you very much. Let's go. (laughs) I think it's pretty much universally in the internal comms world accepted, isn't it? That employee engagement surveys are a good thing to do joe joe's making a face i've said the Ooh. wrong thing well i so get it off your chest okay so is this is this a therapy session for me about <laughs> employee engagement service i think the intent of them is good or can be good however there are a number of things that i think we need to be really careful about in terms of you know survey fatigue per yeah. se. you know it's it's very easy for us now to survey people quite easily within the organisation. Google Forms is free, SurveyMonkey's free, there's probably a load of other free tools out there. You can soon slap together a survey, questionnaire, whatever you want to call it, and send it out to your employees. But because it's easy to do, I think people have um, almost lost the thought yeah. and consideration behind it. In the past, employee engagement surveys have tended to be done on um, an annual, biannual every other year Mm. basis so they're just a snapshot in time and we all know that people's levels of engagement their levels of well-being their mental health ebbs and flows on a you know on a bit of a roller coaster really uh you know with the ups and downs and i think we've got to be careful that when we take data from one survey mm. that we're not then going oh yeah our our workforce is engaged we don't need to do anything more. yeah yeah we're fine you know, when so it comes you, to this and that we yeah. need to focus on that and that according to thursday 24th exactly eight months ago and i always advocate you know whenever i'm doing my uh, measurement workshops that you're always looking for rich data a variety mm. of data a mixture of data so employees uh, engagement surveys when they come from a good place i.e wanting to improve the organization because of course by asking some questions your employees are going to be expecting you to make changes and improvements they're in life on the, one of the problems with exactly, employee engagement surveys. exactly you know they're going to want to see change happen as a consequence of the questions that you specifically yeah. ask within that survey so you've got to be prepared to do that because that's just immoral of otherwise yeah. if you don't and i think you've got to be really considerate of the snapshot mm. the, you know the moment in time that that survey is taken and and just not just take it for red so be looking for other indicators of well-being or engagement or whatever it may be that is that you're surveying so would you say that's the main watch out is that it's just a snapshot from one day i think it's a great indicator it can be but i think the other issue with other issues she's getting on to the other issues now other the, the other coming. issues with surveys is sometimes depend on the culture of your organization and how trusting mm. employees are of leadership and therefore the survey that's coming from leadership how that's perceived as to how open and honest they're actually mm. going to be on the survey do oh. they do they trust that it's going to stay confidential and anonymous 
Uh, you know, often a lot of employee surveys, especially in you know when they're run from by you know external providers, whoever they may be, you know they don't cut the data any less than ten employees. Yeah. But even within a group of ten, you can probably work out if you know you've just got a team of ten, you've got the data for ten, especially and if an you got the items. You get you're pretty much going to know if you yeah. know your stuff well. You're going to know, and also because of the verbatim comments, you know you might be able to you know link that to a specific person Mm. so there's a trust element in that as well and and then you know there's other factors you know what has been happening within the organization yes so you know if there's been a series of layoffs a massive restructure change in leadership you know this is a really big one so um in my previous lives where I worked for companies that weren't owned by myself obviously I've had this debate where you know there's been a difficult period in the organization and people want to delay the survey date Mm -hmm. or they say there's been a difficult period but the survey date is this date so it's got to go out on that date and you're thinking that's totally going to skew the results what is the best thing to do in that situation do you delay it or do you just do it Again, it's a snapshot. Yeah. So I think it's looking at the data in the context of the timing. Mm. Whether you're in good times, whether you're in bad times, you know, there's an influence on that data. Yeah. So timing is almost irrelevant in my view because you should be looking at the bigger, wider context Mm. and all the other factors and feedback mechanisms that you're using. Mm. You know, are you having regular focus groups? Are you regularly having uh, leaders meet with staff Mm. so that they're getting from the ground upwards that dialogue going and that understanding of what employees are facing so you should have a in my view you should have a a continual pulse of how the organization is being and you should also in in because of that be building up that rapport between leaders and their staff to create an open uh, culture where people employees are willing to speak up that leaders are wanting to listen, they're wanting to take action. And it's more of a, a community, cohesive, action-focused, open, inclusive environment that you're trying to create. So the employee engagement survey, in that kind of culture, timing's irrelevant because it's just a pulse point. So we're kind of getting to the place where, and it sounds to me that, organizations who are kind of really focused on and rigid about their employee engagement surveys are ones who don't have these other ways of measuring employee sentiment yeah whereas whereas you joe would advocate for having a kind of toolbox of ways of um hearing back from employees and from what you just said it sounds like you should be aiming to have a feeling of kind of constant conversation with your employees rather than once a year we ask you what you think and then we don't ask you again for another year yeah yeah very very much so and in that in that kind of environment in my view again you can take away the employee survey because it becomes a void because it's it's a snapshot on throwing around big ideas now get rid of the employee survey yeah i think it should be a regular conversation yeah i think you should be spending that kind of money because employee engagement surveys done by external companies cost a freaking fortune yeah you're right i would rather the organizations invested that money in leaders and staff getting together and talking yeah and creating an environment where employees feel psychologically safe to speak up where there's an environment of trust Mm. and you know there's reverse mentoring going on you know there's uh, leaders learning from new recruits younger Mm. recruits 
it doesn't really matter what population you know they're they're learning from their organization per se and do you think those conversations would be sparked without the employee engagement survey so i feel like if i think back to organizations where i've worked we've done the employee engagement survey it's thrown up that top-down communication is a problem and so then we've held a load of events or put in place a load of campaigns or structures or whatnot to do something about top-down communication Mm -hmm. do you think you'd get those like nuggets without an employee engagement survey do you think you'd know you'd you'd surface some of those things without i think you'd surface different things maybe as well Mm. so you know there may be the same kind of things that bubble up to the surface but i can bet you i could put some money on this that you would uncover stuff that you weren't expecting because Mm -hmm. of course when you set up an employee engagement survey you're thinking about the areas you want to focus on yeah okay so leadership communication reward and recognition benefits you know oh is there ever any point in putting bloody reward and recognition in no one ever no one ever says oh i'm really happy with my package thanks never never my, well, I, don't think, I definitely What's don't the think point? Are you going to increase that? my salary? No, you're yeah, not. Exactly. So why did you ask the yeah, question? Yeah, so you're framing it in a really structured way, mm. and therefore you're excluding some other areas. That, yeah. I mean, you might get them in verbatim comments, okay? But you know that that might just be a few people that suddenly happen to mention that. I don't know. The toilets are crap. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, but you're basically you're asking for what you want, aren't you? Rather yeah. than open asking which yeah. i guess is what you'd be more likely to get in a kind of yeah so if uh, you're like not, a town hall sort of situation not, not even uh, i mean town halls are one way of doing it but that's yeah. that's that can be quite daunting for yeah, people yeah, that yeah. are more averse to speaking up you yeah. know they're more hesitant you know so you've got to think of you know your audience your employee base and on what are their natural preferences mm. and play to each of them so that's why a variety of different mechanisms for getting feedback yeah. is always a good thing so they can leave things anonymously they can speak to a leader they could go through their manager there's a mechanism for gathering that kind of mm. data there are focus groups there might be pulse surveys mm. you know it's it's just a variety of things so that you're allowing everybody to be included in that feedback process and so would you then as the internal comms team be the kind of central point like central repository point for <laughs> want of a better phrase for all of the intel that comes from all those different channels or I mean, you can be i mean i've i've worked in, in in different ways one where you know i collaborated an awful lot with it because it was yeah. you know it systems and you yeah, know we yeah. needed their support so they were the sort of holders of the data so mm. to speak even though we were the conduit to messaging out yeah and I've been in a situation where I've worked with HR as well because it was very employee-centric. So it, I think it depends on your organisation. Mm. It, it could be leader-led. You could work with the leadership group. But you would make sure that you had access to that information so mm. you could kind of cut it, analyse it, take it back to the leadership to say this is what we're hearing and then take it back out to the organisation. Absolutely. And I, I think the beauty of working with other departments is then you reduce the burden of surveys and you're actually working as a collective Mm. for the good of the organization and the people within that organization so that you try and reduce this survey fatigue that seems to be sort of taking over organizations and i guess then if you're already working collaboratively it makes it a little bit easier to then do stuff off the back of what you're hearing because you're already working with HR and IT. In and... theory, yes. I think <laughs> <laughs> we won't perhaps go down that That's rabbit hole. But discussion for a whole other episode. Absolutely. I think in theory it can work really, really nicely. Yeah. I've seen it not work so well. Haven't <laughs> we all? <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> That's another story. 
Okay, so we, we know that surveys aren't the only and potentially not the best route to uh, get employee feedback. But Absolutely. the person who's asked the question has asked um, basically how to run a good employee survey. Mm-hmm. So, Joanna Hall, how would one set about doing that? Oh, well, well there, oh, I mean... In about two minutes, oh, go. Okay, okay, no pressure, no pressure. <laughs> Try and keep this simple. Okay, so I think the first thing is having a really clear purpose. Mm-hmm. Anything that you want to do, have a really clear purpose as to why you might be wanting a, a survey or defining and landing on the point that a survey is the right mechanism. Yeah. Because like you've alluded to, there's lots of different ways of gathering feedback. Surveys are great, but I think you've got to be really mindful of, you know, that being part of a bigger package and being really clear on the purpose of the the, the data and the the point of gathering that kind of feedback, what you're going to do with it. Not just because we do it every year. Yeah, exactly. I think... The survey's got to be really, really relevant to those people that are Mm. being surveyed as well. So really think about who your target audience is going to be so that the questions are specific to them. Um, So, sorry to butt in, that's a really good point. So, so say you've got a set of 100 questions, Uh but they're not all relevant to every part of the business. So would you just survey... Would you just ask the questions to the parts of the business that were relevant to them? Absolutely. So you wouldn't ask them Absolutely. the whole suite. Why waste and why yeah. waste the time? Why switch them off? They might yeah. even then not complete the rest of the survey because yeah, yeah, they yeah. think this isn't relevant to me. Mm. So being really, really clear with that purpose in mind and being really purposeful of who you're targeting and wanting to get that feedback from to then give them targeted mm. specific questions that are relevant that they're going to want to answer for you so therefore you get a bigger data set. Yeah. That's that's the idea. Sorry to interrupt, please carry that's on. That's okay, but it's a good question. <laughs> there's, there's, I mean, I can't convey this properly over a podcast, but in terms of the design of a survey, I mean, short and sweet is better than 100 questions that ramble on and repeat each other just to try and catch you out kind of thing. <laughs> There's a lot of good practice in how you frame questions. Mm. Uh, you've got to be really careful that you don't ask two questions in one. Mm. Um, do you think um, your leaders are trustworthy and uh, inspirational? Mm. Well, they might be one, but not the other yeah. kind of thing, you know. And also be really careful on what kind of words you use. Yeah, because I was going to say. Even that leadership question, yeah. who is leadership? Yeah. So leadership to one person might be different to another. So mm. you've got to quantify some words sometimes so if you're having to do that that's making the questionnaire Mm. too complex Mm. and then of course we talk about language so that brings me to the point of always involving like a small group of people to test it on oh that's a good feedback on you know what's the flow what do the questions mean what did this how did you interpret this you know was there any confusion or misunderstanding and getting that feedback a pilot group yeah yeah you know just a couple of people you know random selection yeah. that's a good one i think there's very much around the the timeliness of surveys it's like communications you know they've got to be they've got to be well timed and we were talking about that earlier is there a good time or not i think if you're going to go with an annual survey i i would advocate that you do it every time you know say, say the, the 5th of december every year or mm before Christmas isn't the greatest time but <laughs> actually maybe it is maybe the people are getting into the Christmas spirit and it boosts your ratings I don't know <laughs> give them loads of chocolate before <laughs> <laughs> but if you if you have it at a consistent time point you almost take out that factor of a variable yeah. so to speak I mean I mean organisations change and you know there's always factors that are going to influence how people interpret mm. and respond to a questionnaire so but timing is you know 
needs to be considered if you if you literally have just made a stack load of people redundant yeah that's just going to really impact on the results yeah it really is absolutely i think the other thing is to make sure that there is this continuous feedback loop so whilst you know surveys need to be well designed so do the communications pre during and afterwards they need to be given equal consideration and thought so that people know exactly why they're being surveyed who's being surveyed because you might not survey the whole organization you know what's going to be done when it's going to be done when when this data set the results are going to be shared how people can get involved in taking action to improve the organization Mm. you know i think the communications need to be given as much consideration as the design of the survey as well so that's really probably my top tips lovely in a nutshell well I don't think it's quite two minutes, but I'll let you off. (laughs) (laughs) I hope that that has given the listener who asked the question a lot of food for thought and tips on how to run a survey well in their organisation. As I say, Joe Hall is the survey measurement queen. (laughs) You've labelled me that. (laughs) I know. (laughs) I'll take it from you. Thank you, Joe. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, if you have any other questions around um, how to build happier and healthier workplaces and the tools and techniques you can use to do that we are now planning a place to thrive season two so we're very excited so do keep sending us in your questions comments concerns issues you'd like us to talk about you can do that via um linkedin where i am joe hooper and i'm joanna hall on linkedin i also hang out all the time on instagram at mad and sad club so come chat to me there and i'm on insta as well as a fire underscore joe but i'm not as active not as active as the lovely joe hooper anyway (laughs) (laughs) that means she doesn't sit on her phone all night like i do (laughs) please do um take a moment to um leave us a review or a rating it really does help people to find us and also for us to know um how we can improve this podcast we love improvement that's our measurement you see our feedback there you go we're surveying you right now there you go see easily (laughs) done thanks for listening um to another episode of a place to thrive we'll be back in your ears next week thanks guys Bye.